Hello there, welcome to Revelation from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. I would love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my page on Facebook at Paula Cornett Ministries, follow me on Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. much for joining me for this week's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. This is episode number 47. Well, I am excited to be with you today, and I just thank God for the opportunity once again to share the Word of God, and I'm especially excited because I have a special guest uh, with me today. been looking forward to having him on, a dear friend, a brother in the faith, one of my uh, fellow alumni from World Harvest Bible College, now called Valor Christian College. And uh, we have Pastor Larry Wilkins from Growing Family Church in North Carolina. I want to just say just a few things about him before he begins to speak and to share. Um, One of the things that I remember about uh, Pastor Larry in Bible College was that every time I would catch his eye, he always had this huge smile on his face. And his smile would always light up the room. In fact, uh, we're doing the podcast, we're hearing our voices, but as we're recording it, we're actually recording it by video. So when I, as soon as I saw his face, there was that smile and it just uh, warmed my heart so. But he has an awesome testimony that he's going to share with you today that I believe is going to be a blessing you in your life. You may be at a point where you've hit a dry patch or you just hit a season where it seems like nothing's going right. Well, he's going to be encouraging you today not to give up as he shares his testimony of what it is that he currently went through. I saw his video that he shared his testimony on YouTube. And as I watched it, I was just so blessed. And I knew that you all would be blessed as well. So without further ado, we're going to welcome uh, Pastor Larry. Say hello to the listeners. Hey there. Thank you so much, Paula. Uh, We appreciate the opportunity and thank you so much for the invitation. I just value so much the opportunity to use this type of medium to share the gospel and encourage other believers um, in their faith. And the moment that they're struggling the most is is really that moment where breakthrough is coming. And and we've had the opportunity, as the listeners will hear here in a moment, that uh, we've had the opportunity to walk through a valley and and so coming out on the other side and being able to turn around and look at God's faithfulness and his goodness through the entire journey. And then at the end of it, to celebrate his faithfulness and his blessing um, is quite an opportunity. And and uh, then for us to be, be able to vocalize that to others so they can hear it and they can know that in those moments, because certainly when I was in that position, there were other voices in my life that encouraged me and helped impress me through. So what an honor it is to be able to share that and and thank you for, again for the invitation. And uh, when you started telling stories about Bible college, I got a little bit nervous. Yeah, I was going to say, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you had some good stuff. I'm glad, you had, I'm glad you had some good memories to share. Yeah, so uh, 
So thank you. And, and, and thank you for the listeners for tuning in. Um, you know, uh, we, we come from a background where, um, you know, after, after through Bible college and just stepping into a place of ministry and into God's faithfulness and saying yes to uh, whatever he puts in front of us. And that's really just been our, our secret recipe is saying yes, whenever he says something. And uh, we've never, we've never taken a step. I can, I can say uh, with sincerity and with gladness that we have never taken a step where he hadn't led us. And um, so a part of the story is that through faithfulness, we hit hard times. <clears throat> and it's not unusual to hear that through faithfulness, God blesses one, blesses us. That certainly is it's true. And it's wonderful when obedience turns immediately into a miracle, but sometimes obedience turns into trials and difficulties and hardships. And, um, but then eventually he is a God of blessing. He is a God who rewards. And uh, so that's, that's the hope that we hold on to that no matter what happens, uh, whether you are in America and, and having challenges that are related to your ministry here, or you are in a different country and your challenges are completely different. Uh, he's the same God, no matter where we live. And he's faithful, no matter who we are, as long as we stay on that track of obedience. And, um, and so that's an important part of our story is that uh, we weren't stepping through into this situation that we were in because of disobedience or because we had been in rebellion to the Lord and found ourselves in a tough spot. Those things happen too. And if you find yourself in a place of difficulty because of disobedience or rebellion to what God has told you to do or sin of some nature, then you need to walk through the gate of repentance. And then once you walk through the gate of repentance, that's when you step back into obedience and then step back into the process of trusting God. So the process is the same, but if you end up in disobedience, then you must walk through repentance. And then you step into the journey that I'm about to share with you. And um, so we, we found ourselves in ministry and uh, the pastors of a, of a wonderful local church. And it was actually had experienced some growth. It's a small town in North Carolina in Stanley County, which is a small county. Let me interject real quick, because I didn't say this, because you said we, you and your wife, you're married with three children, correct? We have three children, and just just about a year and a half ago, we adopted a fourth child. Okay, so there's four children total, so I just wanted to interject yes. that in. And before you begin with this, please share with the listeners your, your personal testimony. Can you start there first, sharing your personal sure. testimony of salvation? Sure, absolutely. So my, my personal story begins uh, really when I'm 17 years of age. Um, being raised, I was very, very blessed and fortunate to be raised in a home that it did honor the word of God. And um, I was taken to church my entire life. And um, but of course, as each of us has to do, we have to make a decision for ourselves. And so at the age of 17, uh, God just really began to minister to me and talk to me about my future and my purpose. And uh, that's when I really started kind of seeking him for the first time for myself. Uh, up until that point, it was basically other people um, doing it for me, I suppose. You could say living off of my, my parents' relationship or my youth pastor's relationship with God and my pastor's relationship. But stepping into young adulthood, it had to fall to me. And so I started to seek God about that future and with a lot of uncertainty there. And so he placed his hand on my life and he really just kind of called me out uh, through a couple of different opportunities and um and got my attention and so what i thought would be growing up into um, my heart was to, to have a business for myself and to have a family um in, the, in that moment uh, he called me into a place of ministry and so my 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 story of 
of salvation is really of a, a work that he did over the course of my life as a young, young child. Um, um, blessed to be able to testify that I didn't have years of rebellion. I didn't walk away from God. I didn't walk away from church and I didn't um, walk away from his purpose. I really just have had always had my heart turned towards him. Um, so my life has been not uh, a story of one moment of redemption, but an entire life of being redeemed um, and just walking in that um, as him, him being able to kind of perfect my heart as we, as we move forward. So um, it's a it's a beautiful story of his faithfulness. I suppose um, we can give some credit to my mother, who was a very praying mom, oh, yeah. and <laughs> very praying mother. And uh, so, as, as a testimony to God's faithfulness through her faithfulness to pray over her seven children uh, every single day, um, uh, that God certainly has had answered her prayers and has had His hand on my life for a very long time. So, uh, for me, stepping into that young adulthood at 17 and transitioning into a personal intimate relationship with God for myself was an important transition. If we don't ever do that, uh, then we find ourselves in trouble. So um, Bible college assisted in that process as a, as a young man going to Bible college, it, it emphasized that point for me. And, and then, and in Bible college is where I really began to have that personal uh, closeness with the Lord. That's beautiful. I always love to hear people's testimonies. I always love to hear, you know, the Bible says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And uh, I never heard your testimony before. So that's, that's just, just blesses my heart and almost kind of similar to mine because I grew up the same way, saved at an early age, never turned, you know, just walked with the Lord. And, um, you know, you just, the key is that you just learn obedience and you learn as you get older, to trust God more and more and more because the voice of the spirit will never lead you wrong. Never, ever lead you wrong. So this is, this is the crux of, 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 of this episode, podcast episode. So I want you to go into that story and just share about uh, that dry season that you all went through. And the key is that you went through, that yes. you went through. You came through with the victory. I just, I'm just, I'm just rejoicing because I know the end of the story. So um, just go ahead, and share <laughs> that, you know, just go ahead and share that uh, with the listeners uh, to be a blessing to those that are that are listening. All right. So we were, we were pastoring a, a small church and about 30 people, and uh, that church began to grow and and relatively quickly over over the course of a few months, we grew to a, a 90. And then it continued to grow uh, to 120 and then upwards of over 120, which doesn't sound like very many people, but in a small town in a small church of 30, it was exciting for us. And, um, and so we saw that growth and it was exciting. And there was an atmosphere uh, when people came together on Sunday mornings uh, of excitement in the, in the foyer as we gathered together in worship. And there, it, was, it was a fun and exciting time. Um, but there was something that happened as we grew that... Um, that I suppose was dissatisfying to me. And, um, and that is that we saw, we saw growth in numbers, but I was really hungry for growth in maturity and in the spirit. And, um, and we saw more and more people coming, um, but the hunger wasn't growing for the Lord. And so a lot of it was, um, you know, we, we had a, a, a good sound for worship and we had the graphics on the screen for my sermons and um, we had the programs in place like everyone loves the children's ministry and and that was exciting and that was fun 
Um, we had the men's ministries that were appealing to the men and a lot of things that families look for when they come to a church. We had all these things in place, um, but it just it came to a point where uh, spiritually the, the, uh, the people who were coming seemed to be more uh, dependent on the church programs than they were on the Holy Spirit himself. And, um, and so there became an unrest inside of me because it was never my heart to grow a church solely for the purpose of having more people in it. Um, we got into a larger building where we had more uh, ability to grow and, um, and really, uh, again, not seeing the spiritual aspect of it grow as much as we did the numbers. And so I began to seek the Lord about that and just, you know, kind of grieving in my spirit. Um, and he just kind of started to show me where I had, I had kept my, 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 got my gaze fixed on the people and then tried to, at the same time, keep my gaze fixed on him. And um, he showed me that that was impossible to do. And I was trying, and I was trying deep within myself to please the Lord, but there's also something within me that wanted to please the people. And so uh, he brought me to a place of just saying, you know, you're going to have to pick one. And for me, it wasn't a, it didn't take a long time to pick. I knew exactly who I wanted to please and who I wanted to fix my gaze on. Uh, what's interesting is when, when I make that choice, then he begins to put his hand on things in the ministry that were successful. And so the ministry began to change. And so um, we had different programs that we would, we would uh, stop to doing for, the, for a season or instead of doing this thing, we're going to do a prayer meeting instead. And where we would have 30 guys show up for a men's meeting with chicken wings and a 10-minute Bible study. When we called a prayer meeting, we'd have three people show up. Um, and so he, wa he wanted us to invest in that prayer meeting. And so we, we did that. And so just from a, from a surface point of view, things we, we made some poor decisions in regards to church growth. Um, but it was God's direction for the ministry and for our life. So one by one, he put his hand on some things. And every step of the way, we just said, okay. We will, we will remove that and remove this and, and start doing these things a little bit differently. And, and so really the, the, um, the brand of the church, I suppose you could call it, changed. Uh, the emphasis of the ministry kind of changed and shifted. And so those people who were coming and attending, we unintentionally did the old bait and switch where we had them come. They, were, they said yes to one form of ministry, and then our heart changed a little bit, and we, we started pursuing a different type of ministering. And it was not appealing to, to the crowd. And so they, they began to leave and slowly leave. And the short version of the story is over the course of about two years, maybe, um, we went from uh, your tra traditional, typical church on the highway um, in a facility that was valued at about $750,000 that we owed $135,000 on. Um, so in a lot of ways, we were doing things right and we're in a good place. But we, um, God, God spoke something to my heart that I never thought I would ever do. And he said two words that if he would have told me we would do this um, at any point in my life, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, but he said, go to house church. And so we turned away from the traditional church uh, culture and setting. And with excitement in our, in our hearts, we said yes to, to house church. And when I say our hearts, I suppose I, I mean me and my family because most other people weren't very excited about it. It was, it was not a popular uh, thing to do. And so the, the exodus uh, from the church continued slowly and, and people that we love and friends that we still have today found other places to go to church. And we, we completely understand the process that they were in and that we were in and we, we, uh, we, we know what happened and we understand their exit. Um, so we just, we just continue to say yes to what the Lord was leading us to do. 
And I think anticipating with each step of the way that somehow connected to that yes would be some sort of growth or that eventually people would come to appreciate house church and we have multiple house churches and there would be a, a church house movement somehow um, uh, in our community. And so we just had this anticipation that with obedience, there would be God, there would be something that would catch and the momentum would pick up and God would just honor that obedience. And so when we said house church, um, the offerings in the ministry fell about 70% immediately, uh, the very first Sunday that we announced that. And so that left you know, me out. Our family was dependent on, on that income as a pastor. And my wife, was, she stayed home with the kids at the time and, and homeschooled. And, and she, of course, you know, the pastor's wife usually works for the ministry as well. They just don't get paid to do that. So she was, she was assisting me in ministry. And, and so we went from a one-income family to uh, a, essentially a no-income family in that season. And so <clears throat> that's what began a process of me seeking the Lord and just saying, Father, I'm, I, you know, I, I can work a full-time job if I need to, you know, a secular job and do ministry at the same time, especially transitioning to house church. Uh, a lot of the responsibilities of, of having a large building and that comes with it um, are, you know, the, the, the budget that's there is, isn't there with house church. And so we're, you know, we, we can, we can go with the flow on this. What's the, the next step. And so I started putting applications out um, for jobs that I can work in the, in the community. And, and with every application, I said, God, if you're on this, um, this job, then send it back to us. And if you're not, then we're not interested in this and, and just left it open to him to move. And, but at the same time, knowing that I didn't want to, I did not want to make the mistake of fixing the problem myself um, and essentially becoming the hand of provision and the hand of God in my own life and allowing, giving him room to do that. So um, with peace, we sent out job applications um, and, and some, and we would have even opportunities where I would have second interviews and, and conversations with a company that was uh, basically, we're going to call you and have you come in some point next week. And, and then they would never call back. And we just like things that started to develop would dissolve and go away. And we just trusted God. And so during that process, we were, you know, most, uh, you know, most people don't realize if, for a small ministry, um, that a pastor might get paid on a Monday because when a Sunday offerings come in, they figure out what bills can get paid that week. And if there's anything left over for the pastor, then he can get his salary. And, um, you know, larger churches with a, with a different kind of budget, um, they, they may do things differently. But for us, it was, you know, on Mondays, we'd find out if we got paid or not. And so um, those, those Mondays became um, hoping for something and, and a lot of times getting nothing that we would have left over. Uh, to be able to pay ourselves um, at that time. And so we went through a process as a family of just learning to trust the Lord at that time. At the time we went through this, it was uh, three children in the home uh, ranging from, uh, let's see, I guess it was age um, about eight through uh, maybe 15 or 14. And, and so three, three children um, watching their mom and dad live by faith and, and not with anger or frustration and wringing our hands, but with joy and anticipation of what God is going to do. We just had a confidence that he was going to take care of us. <clears throat> and, uh, and he just showed himself faithful. And um, so a few of the stories that we have would be, um, first of all, that we, the food was, was kind of hard to come by and uh, that we would really be trusting, trusting God to make sure we had groceries to feed our family. <clears throat> and um, so sometimes that meant eating a lot of bean tacos 
Uh, we had a lot of beans. Beans are relatively inexpensive and so are tortillas. And so you, you get with a bag of beans and a package of tortillas, you can get several meals out of that for just a few dollars. And uh, so to this day, um, our kids are not very big fans of bean tacos. But uh, back then and for that season of our life, which lasted about six months or so, that season of our life, uh, we were so very thankful for every meal that God placed in front of us on that table that I don't think we've ever prayed as sincere of a prayer and thanksgiving to God over our meals that we, as we did for those six months. Every single meal was a blessing from heaven, and we were very, very thankful for those meals. Um, in the six months that we um, struggled and, and waited on God, uh, we can say we have we did not miss a single meal. That He never ever forgot us, and He never let us down in that area. Uh, there was even one week, as an example, where we didn't have any money, and it was a Monday, um, and the church was not able to pay us that week uh, anything. And we had a someone stop by who was a friend of ours, but did not attend the church, and so he stopped by the house and uh, come on. He came on in. We visited for maybe an hour and a half, and before he left he said well my wife and I wanted to bless you guys um, with a hundred dollars tonight and, and he had no idea what a blessing that was to us and so we thanked him and and prayed with him and then he left and and we were excited to get that blessing that night and so my wife said well we have 85 dollars that's due this week for car insurance and we have ten dollars that's due for a, a bank fee and she said that means we have five dollars left over for beans and tacos <laughs> so, so God provided so that five dollars went did, did a lot to to provide for us um that is one example of how God would just show up and, and provide in, in unexpected ways. Um, I started fixing lawnmowers. And so if I'd find a lawnmower that needed repair, I'd be able to fix it and make a profit on that lawnmower. And he'd always, we'd always sell one right when we needed one sold. And so we were doing what we needed to do to, um, to provide, but also just trusting the Lord on that thing. And another story is that we had a refrigerator that was just about as empty as a refrigerator can get. And uh, other than ketchup and mayonnaise, and mustard on the door. Um, everything else was pretty much empty on those shelves. And uh, we had a precious uh, lady from our church who uh, called my wife. And and uh, the day before this, that this call came in, my wife was at Aldi and and she had uh, picked up some, I guess, I guess some beans and, and, and taco shells. I'm not sure what she purchased, but she was at Aldi and she was getting what she could get with the money that we had. And she saw a little plant. God is so faithful. Just in her heart, she said, boy, she would really like to have, she just always a cute plant. And she would really like to have that for the house. And it was probably a $9 plant. It wasn't anything significant. It was just something that she thought was nice. And uh, so the next day, a, a precious lady from our church contacted her and she said, if you guys happen to be coming through town, could you stop at my house because I have something for you? And so my wife went over and, and, um, and she said, um, this lady said to her, she said, I was at Aldi today and the Lord spoke to me. Sorry, Paula. Hey, God is, God is so good. She said, the Lord spoke to me and told me to buy some gift cards for your families for groceries. And she said, I don't know why he told me that. She said, but I wanted to get $300 worth of gift cards for you and so she passed those to my wife and and um and my wife of course was very very thankful and, and hugged her and 
the kids were excited to have gift cards and and, uh, and she said, oh, when she said, while I was there, I saw this plant and, I, and God wanted me to buy this plant for you as well. And it was the same plant she had seen the day before. And so God, God just in a, in a small way of just saying, I'm with you and I hear you. And, um, and just his way of, of supporting our family and just amazing things. And so she came home and I didn't know anything about the gift cards yet. I was at the house and so she came home and the kids came running in the door and running down the hallway, dad, dad, all excited. And I, so I came out to meet them in the hallway and, and uh, they came down and they told me what had happened. And, and then Glenda came in with the cards in her hand, $300. When, when $5 is a blessing for you for groceries, $300 is okay. beyond, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's beyond description. And um, we had even applied for food stamps and were denied. So, um, and when that happened, I, I said, we got a letter in the mail from, from the government, I suppose. And, and they said, we, we, we qualified for less than a dollar. So essentially we didn't qualify for anything. And, and I told my wife, I said, well, maybe there was a mistake in how they filed it because, you know, surely if we, if we don't qualify, then who does? And, we, and I said, so maybe there was a mistake somehow in the application process. And she said, or maybe it's just us learning to trust God some more. And I said, yeah, probably that. So that was probably a week before this happened. And so for us to get that blessing in that hallway, I'll never forget holding my kids and my family as we hold together and cried. And we were able to thank God. And, and in that moment, I remember thinking the food is a blessing for my kids to be able to see this is, is more valuable than the card and more valuable than the food. Um, so for our kids to be able to see God working, that's something that they'll never forget. Um, so things of that nature where God would just put things, uh, uh, my wife, um, ran into a pastor at a store and, and he said, oh, he pulled his wallet out and he had a hundred dollar bill folded up in his wallet. And he said, I've been, I've been waiting to see you or your husband so I could give this to you guys. And he pulled it out of his wallet. He had it stored in there for the next time he saw us. Uh, so things that were just along the way, uh, that year we ended up with an income of $20,000 as a, as a five member family. Um, with a house payment and car payment and insurance payments and, and all the things that come with living um, and paying, paying for the things that we have here, um, God took care of us. And then um, we had a phone call from an organization that was starting a, a addiction a ministry about an hour, hour away from us. And they, they had known that I had a heart for men and women, women in recovery, and that our mission was to ultimately open up a addiction ministry. And so they knew that about me, and, and they also knew that I um, had been applying for jobs. And so they called me and they said, do you want to help us start this ministry here as, and be our lead counselor? And uh, boy, I tell you what, there's, it was, that was a wonderful phone call for us to get. And there's not a better job for me to work at that moment than as addiction counselor so the idea of being able to do that and for them to be able to pay me a full-time job um, was better than any job I had applied for up to that point. And uh, so uh, we happily said, yes, we would love to do that. And so I, I accepted a job an hour from home and, and for two years, I drove back and forth and just worked that job and, and learned more and more about addiction and recovery and ministry than I had learned um, previously in my, in my experiences. And so that was a wonderful two years for us. Um, 
But one one week into that job, this is an important part of the story. One week into that job, I had to drive an hour away. Now, keep in mind, we're, we're trusting the Lord for food on the table. And now we have to come up with money to drive back and forth to work. And I had an old, old Ford pickup truck that um, got me around pretty good. But but now I'm driving a long distance. They're not, they're not super good on gas. And so now we're trusting the Lord for gas to get back and forth to work. And this particular organization only pays their employees once a month. So I was going to have to work there for a month before I would get my first paycheck. So I, I start on a Monday and on Friday afternoon, um, after a couple of days of talking to the men in this facility, the residents who were there, I was teaching them uh, Proverbs chapter three and, and speaking to them about trusting the Lord with all their heart and lean, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. And I was able to teach that principle to these men for a couple of days in a row. And driving down the road, I'm about 45 minutes away from home. I'm heading to my brother's house, who we had plans to meet him for a Bible study that evening, uh, on a Friday evening with he and his family. I'm 45 minutes away from home, and the truck engine on my, on my vehicle uh, just gives out. It actually kind of blows up a little bit. So um, it failed on me. I drifted to the side of the road and parked in a cornfield and uh, opened up my hood, and I saw that it was... Um, had actually shot a spark plug out of the out of the engine and that I was not in good shape. And in that moment, after six months of trusting the Lord and having complete peace and, <clears throat> and joy and seeing him provide in ways that we never imagined, on the side of that road on a Friday afternoon, um, with my hood open, 45 minutes away from home, I felt the weight of those six months fall on my shoulders. And I just wanted to cry. <laughs> I wanted to get mad. I wanted to get frustrated. And then I remembered these words, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And so I remember making a conscious decision in that moment to not get angry, to not get frustrated. I said, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to. I'm just going to trust the Lord. So I closed the hood of the truck. I called my wife and told her what happened. I called my brother. I said, we're not going to make it tonight to the Bible study. And I'm broke down on the side of the road. And he said, well, I'll be there in 45 minutes. He said, I'm going to come get you. He said, we can still do the Bible study, but we'll just start a little bit later than we planned. So he headed my direction and I had a folding chair in my truck to be used for a soccer game. So I got the folding chair out, you know, those camping chairs and sat on the side of the road by my truck and did what any man of God would do. I got my cell phone out and started playing video games until my brother got there. So the next day, someone offered their vehicle for me to use, you know, to borrow. And we ended up using that vehicle for several weeks. It was, it got three times the gas mileage that truck did anyways. And so that ended up being a blessing, you know, not having the truck ended up not being a, that big of a deal. Anyways, in the moment, it felt like the world was falling apart, but it ended up being within 24 hours, it was a problem solved. Mm -hmm. and, and it was cheaper on gas anyways to drive that, that car than it was my truck. Um, we went to my brother's house uh, and um, we sat down on his couch and he and his family had been studying First uh, Peter that, that week and they wanted to share it with us. And so we sat down and um, he began to read from First Peter, and they got to 
to verse six. And he, they had been studying the entire chapter. So he, he started at verse one and, and went through. But when he got to, to verse number six, <clears throat> he started to read it. And I had to stop him at some point because he started to read it. It start, started to sound like kind of familiar and like it kind of hit home a little bit. And then he, had, he, he came across the part and I had to stop him. I said, oh, well, hold on, wait a minute. Let's, let's go back and process this for a second because this is exactly what happened to me about an hour and a half ago. So um, verse six of first Peter chapter one says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested. Now, this next part is super important because when we think of testing, we think of pass or fail. <clears throat> That's not what this is doing. The, the trial that we're going through, it says being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So it's not a pass or fail test. It's a purifier. And then it goes on to say, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. And that last phrase is why we can go back to the beginning of verse six and we can be truly glad. So when you, when you start looking at this in the surface, it says, so be truly glad. <clears throat> There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Our instinct and our nature when we face trials is not to become glad. Right. Our, our nature is to become disappointed or frustrated. That's usually our reflex, especially when those things are are not just for a moment, but for days or weeks or months or even years, perhaps, that our, our instinct is to become frustrated and to get angry or other emotions that are not beneficial. But our instinct truly, if, if it's a hardship and a trial, our instinct is not to get happy. Right. So it's the revelation of God's word that brings joy into us when we face a trial, when we begin to understand this principle that our faith through this trial is being purified like gold is purified, but our faith being purified is more valuable than gold. So what is there to be happy about when you face a hardship? Your faith being purified. And if you can begin to meditate on that and begin to value and begin to imagine with God, what does purified faith look like? And how does purified faith benefit the kingdom of God? And if you will believe in your heart that it is more valuable than gold, then when a hardship comes, you'll get excited as if someone was knocking on your door saying, here is, a, here is a bag full of money or a bag full of gold. You'll get more excited when a hardship comes because you recognize on the other side of that hardship is an opportunity for your faith to be purified. And so in that moment, sitting on the couch, I said, I, I explained that. And I said, this is, this is amazing. I said, but this is not about me losing a truck on the side of the road and then believing God through the process and receiving a brand new truck. I was sitting on that couch and I said, this is about us learning how to trust God for an addiction ministry. This is about us learning how to trust God for property and for buildings so that we can help others. And if we don't learn how to do that through a truck, then we'll never be able to trust him for the ministry that he has in front of us. Now, at that point, we didn't have a property. We didn't have a ministry. We didn't, we did, all we had was a dream from God that he wanted us to do this. So we, not only did we not have a property or a ministry, Paula, we didn't even have a truck. <laughs> but we knew 
in that moment, we could become glad because he was doing something in us. Yes. And all of a sudden, the past six months began to make sense. Mm -hmm. Two weeks after that Friday, I happened to be had an opportunity to preach at a local church. And um, I shared the message. I shared, I shared the story of God's faithfulness. And now this is really fresh. I mean, we're still, we haven't received our first paycheck yet. You know, we're still fresh in this thing <clears throat> and uh, driving a borrowed vehicle and trusting God for gas and, and that kind of stuff. So this is still fresh, but I was able to share with them the joy of purified faith and the joy of going through hardships for a little while. And uh, there, was a, there was a gentleman there, a businessman who was in the crowd who doesn't even attend that church. He just happened to be visiting that Sunday. He goes to a different church in town. And afterwards, he asked me if I could stop by his, his place of business the next day and that he had something for my family. So um, the next day, we, I stopped by there and, and he, he handed me an envelope that felt kind of thick. Um, but it was all sealed up and I, we, we talked for a little while and, and uh, prayed with him and, and thanked him for, for blessing his obedience and blessing our family. And, but not knowing how much was in the envelope, um, but knowing that it was, it was cash money. And uh, so on the way home, um, I decided I didn't want to count that, that money in the envelope until I got home with the kids. I wanted to be able to, to go through that process together. So the envelope was sitting on the, the empty seat next to me as I'm driving home. And that, but I began to wonder, Paula, if it's a stack of 20s or 50s or 100s. I can, I can tell it's a kind of a good stack, but I can't really tell what's inside of there. So I wanted to take a peek. I took a peek inside the envelope and found a stack of $100 bills. And so that got me a little more excited about what we were about to get into. And so we got to the house and I told the kids what had happened and and we sat down and I, and I put that little stack of, of money into a book where they couldn't tell what I was holding in my hand. It was kind of hidden from them. And I said, I'm going to, we're going to count this together. So I put, pulled out the first $100 bill and, and they said one and then two. And one by one, we put the $100 bills on the table and thanking God the whole way. And even stopping to say, no, let's not forget what God has done in this family. We, we counted the $100 given to us. We recounted the, the, the friend stopping by to bless us. We recounted. Uh, the the gift cards being given to us and then and then we said let's continue to count and we went through and we counted and when we got to 31 bills my wife began to cry and there was just so much so much gratitude in that moment and um, by the time we got done counting we had received that day a five thousand dollar blessing which was again when when you're trying to believe for gas and food five thousand dollars was life-changing Paula. It, it, it was it was truly a life changing gift for us. It changed it changed our family. Um, you know, just the season that we were in, it was a very significant gift for us. And and all that to say, then and and this is kind of up to this point. I want I want to drive this home. Is then my wife started looking at the finances. She started looking at what bills do we owe, you know. And usually in that in that kind of a situation, you're looking at what do we have to catch up on? Are we behind on this? Behind on that? And, you know, how many months, what's the, what's the priority? What should we pay immediately? And she came back to me and she said, you know what? She said, we're not behind on our mortgage. We're not behind on our power bill. We're not behind on our cell phones. We're not behind on, on our insurance. She said, we're not behind on anything. We're, we are current on every bill that we have. And she said, we haven't missed a meal in, in the last six months. She said, whatever we gift God gave us today, we can just put towards moving forward. 
And so that's, that's one of the, the greatest parts of our story is that at the end of it, we weren't, God didn't even let us fall behind on stuff, Paul. It wasn't, we were both just kind of amazed, like, wow, I cannot believe that we're still, we're still above water on these things. So um, that was tremendous. And, and if you allow me to, if you kind of fast forward a little bit, um, that blessing came to us there about, a, about um, let's see, about a year later. Um, uh, we were, you know, at this point, we've been receiving these monthly, uh, monthly checks, you know, salary for my job, and we were blessed, and we were, we were doing fine. We were not struggling week to week or meal to meal. Uh, we were just blessed by the Lord and thankful for the income that we had. And uh, we happened to be up in Tennessee at a church service. Um, and we had traveled up there to look to visit an addiction ministry and to see kind of how they were doing things. And so we visited the local church while we were there before we came home. And we were in that ministry in that, in that Sunday morning service. And, and uh, there was a song that was being sang that morning. And, and honestly, the, the song, I don't know if you ever have, hear a worship song that doesn't really appeal to you. Um, and then the other worship songs, you feel like you get lost here in heaven while, it's, while you're singing it. And this is one of those songs that was just, I just didn't appeal to me. I just wasn't getting into it. And there was even a, a phrase in the song that said, um, the dry season is over as they sang that, that part of the song. I was a little bit critical. And I shouldn't have been, but I was critical and thought to myself, I gave myself like an, like an internal eye roll where I was just kind of thinking, you know, how is it possible for, for us to sing this song and for us to know that every person in the room is in a dry season and that their dry season is over? It just, I was critical of the moment of the song, but as they sang the song again and those words came across the screen and the crowd sang, the dry season is over, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, the dry season is over. And there's a big difference between singing it in a song and the Holy Spirit saying it to you. And when he said it to me, I began to weep. And as I, as I, as I meditated on those words, it grew inside of me that the dry season is over. And so after the service is over, I shared that with my, my wife and my brother and his wife that were with us on the trip. I shared with them that the dry season is over. Um, two, months, two months later, we began to receive blessings connected to an addiction ministry um, that those blessings continue to pour into our hands. And for the sake of brevity, I'll just put it this way that over the next 12 months, we received over a million dollars worth of property or vehicles or money. And coming from a place where we didn't have anything but bean tacos to a place of abundance and doing things that we could have never done on our own strength but God can do it. And so when we go back to that couch on my brother's house on that Friday night, where we said, this is not about getting a brand new truck. This is about God purifying us so that we can learn to trust him for ministry things. And then for us to begin to see those things come to pass. And one of the things he put on our hearts, Paul, is we would never have to ask or beg. We wouldn't have to do fundraisers. I'm not against fundraisers, but he put it on our heart. We wouldn't have to do any of that. We wanted to market the place. We wouldn't have to do videos and, and, and beg people to give and so into this project. He said, just focus on me. Seek my face. And he said, and I'll take care of everything else. And so we set our sights on him. We sought, we sought the face of God. And while we were seeking him, he began to take care of everything around us and putting those things in our hands to bless, uh, to bless folks who are in recovery from addiction. And God does not have, he does, he's not concerned with properties or money 
or vehicles. He's not impressed by those things. He didn't put any of those things in our hands just so we could tell a story about it. He really put those things in our hands because he has men and women all over this county, all over the state who are hurt and broken and desperate and lonely and afraid and don't know where to turn, who don't have any hope. And he needed a place to, he could send them to find those things and to find him. And so we have an opportunity then to stand. We now have um, four houses that we use for men and women in recovery from addiction uh, that they can live in as an aftercare program when they graduate from a rehab facility. And so these men and women are able to live in these houses. We have four houses that we've all been given access to for free um, that we can use. And so uh, we have 26 acre property that has, that we're going to build um, a rehab facility, put cabins out there. It's a rustic, it's a dead end road with the ponds on the property and, and woods and beautiful grass. And we're gonna build some cabins out there and put men out there and help them find themselves and find the kingdom of God and, and find their hope in Jesus. And so he's already moved so much and, he, and he's not even done yet. That's, that's the amazing part is that we're just, we're just getting started in this thing. I mean, just know that the story of his faithfulness is going to continue to grow. And I just love sharing it because I know there's so many believers who are walking through a process of obedience. And I just want, I want to scream from the mountaintops, don't give up and don't get frustrated. Just seek his face and he'll take care of everything else. That is, that is, that is the truth. That is definitely the truth. And whatever God is telling you to do, because sometimes your obedience is connected to someone else's breakthrough. Just like you, as you mentioned about the lady that, uh, about the plant, it's just the simple things. You know, it was just in your wife's heart. She didn't vocalize it to anyone, but God saw that in her heart and gave her that sign that I'm with you. I am with you. And just like you said, that sometimes when you go through trouble or trials or testing, sometimes you wonder, what did I do wrong? But a lot of times it's not what you've done wrong, it's what you've done right. That's right. That's good. To see that if you can do, just like you didn't even know if you were going to be able to keep your house, now you have four houses that are being used, you know, to house someone else. And so the thing that I've learned in my own personal life is that I live better on less because I trust God for my provision. And where God guides, he provides. He will finance his vision, not our vision, but he will finance his vision. And as we continue to step out in faith and, and trust God, I'm just, I'm just so excited for you. And I know that God is gonna continue to do great and mighty things through you and through the ministry. Now, let me ask you this question. When you, is, is, is the recovery, is that what you saw yourself as doing or is that something that you just kind of stepped into as you saw the need? You know, it's, it's a great question, Paul. And, and it's just something that God, he just changed my heart and he turned my heart that direction. It, it wasn't something that was even on my radar, I would say even five years ago. It's just something, it actually was the, through the process of going to house church and then seeking the Lord and saying, okay, now what? Like, what do we do, what do, we do now um, at this point with, with the ministry that we have? And he just, he, he started calling us towards addiction ministry. And, you know, as a pastor, we've helped a lot of families and we, we had counseled individuals. And of course, you're involved in the community. But, you know, churches, as wonderful as they are, they're just not set up to house and to feed and to counsel on a level that a lot of these individuals need for, for a long period of time. And so we can preach to them and we can meet with them once in a while and we can encourage them and, and speak the truth and pray with them. 
Um, but as far as when, when there's a need for a, a bed to sleep in and a roof over their head and a structure to help them heal and to help them learn how to walk again um, without dependency on those chemicals, uh, we're just, we're not, the buildings that we have aren't set up for that. And so he just gave us a heart to begin to build and to provide those types of places. So it's still, it's still the body of Christ in action, helping those who are hurting. It's just that we're using a different type of facility to make that happen. And, uh, and so along the way, we're learning how to disciple and to mentor these men and these women on that level. So it's a wonderful opportunity. Which that's key is discipleship is key. Cause a lot of times people, they may get saved in a church setting, but a lot of times, a lot of churches, they don't disciple. And that's what people really, really need. And a lot of times people don't want to do that because it takes time. It takes time, right. it takes commitment, and it's not, you know, it's not always easy. And so the thing that we know is that as we're wrapping these things up, as far as, you know, the end, you know, the end of all things, that God is interested in people. His heart is for people. And there are so many people that are broken, so many people that are, that are lost, so many people that need an authentic encounter with the living God of the Bible. Because there's so many things that are out here that are just, you know, deluding and just so many distractions, so many lies, so many half-truths. And But there are people that God is raising up, a remnant of people, and you know what I'm talking about, a remnant of people that God has, uh, you know, that he has for such a time as this, that he's bringing to the forefront. And they may not be glamorous, so to speak, you know, but that we're doing the work of God, that we're doing the work of God. And so... I just, I just love to hear that testimony, and I know that the listeners were blessed. Now, um, the the uh, recovery now uh, place that you have, if people want to sow into that, can is there an opportunity for them to be able to do so? How can they get in contact uh, with you to be able to uh, sow into that ministry? You know, the the best information I can share with you, we don't even have a website. Um, at this point, we have a Facebook page they can connect with. The Facebook page is called Legacy Sober House. Okay. Legacy Sober House, but I have an email they can use, um, which is Stanley Recovery, and it's spelled S-T-A-N-L-Y okay. Recovery at gmail.com. And they can give and it as well. I'm sorry? They can give that way as well. Yeah, if you'll if you'll message, I'll, I'll get that email and I can respond and walk them through a giving process. We you know we're so we're just we're just doing this thing boots on the ground, and so we don't even have a quick um, digital way to give. Um, that's something we, I suppose we could we could work on. But um, if they'll contact me, I can set them up with a Venmo connection. They can give on Venmo if you want to send a connection way. Okay, it was a little patchy there. Hold on just a second. Okay, talk a little bit now. All right. Okay, say that. Say that last part again. I, I, it may not do that on, but I just want to make sure that it was clear. Okay, so we have we have if they contact me through the email, we do have a couple of ways to give, and I'll just work that out with the individual, uh, whether it be through an app or through a PO box with a paper check, the old-fashioned way. Okay. Uh, we can we can walk them through the giving process and they'll just contact me. Okay. All right. So you all heard that. Be sure to contact uh, Pastor Wilkins, Pastor Larry Wilkins. Is that right? Wilkins is the last name. 
Okay. That's correct. Contact him that way if you would like to sow into this ministry. And we're going to close with a word of prayer. Uh, any last things that you want to say to the listeners, just to encourage them and close us out with a word of prayer, Pastor Larry. All right. Well, thank you so much. And Father, we just uh, we just love you and we honor you today with this story and our conversation. Honor your word that is so powerful, that just moves us and shapes us. And in the moment that we need it, it builds us up and encourages us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with us. And, um, and we're just so um, amazed at your faithfulness. And as the listeners across this broadcast each have their own dreams, their own visions, Father, I pray that you would increase in those areas of their lives, increase the vision, increase the dream, increase the hope that is attached to that dream so that they will begin to dream with you, your dreams and your way of imagining what they can accomplish in their community and across this world simply by trusting the Lord with all their heart, Father. Teach them that through the process. Teach them to have joy. Remind them in difficult times when a hardship comes, no matter what that hardship looks like, that they would be reminded that this is an opportunity to be happy and to know that there is a purification process taking place and we can celebrate the hard times because we know that God is faithful. And if we'll stick with trusting the Lord, that at the end of it, our faith will be perfected. We thank you for the, uh, the revelation, Father. We thank you for your wisdom. And thank you for Paul and her ministry, Lord. I pray you bless her and give her supernatural peace and supernatural wisdom as she makes decisions, as she follows your heart and seeks the Lord. Speak to her in new ways. Give her a closeness with you that she has only ever hoped for, Father. We thank you for doing that for her. We thank you for doing that for me. And for every person who's tuned in today, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Wilkins, for sharing your testimony and for sharing that awesome, 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 just powerful testimony with us. Be encouraged out there today to know that maybe you may be experiencing a dry season in your life and you did not listen by accident, but that God has led you to listen to this podcast today. So just as Pastor Larry heard these words, let them resonate in your heart that your dry season is over, is over. God is faithful. Remember the words in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon.